Welcome to episode 115 of Blue Jays Happy Hour. I'm Nick Ashbourne, joined as always by Andrew Stoughton. And both because the people demand it, I think, and also because it seems appropriate at this, let's call it dramatic juncture of the 2023 <laughs> Blue Jay season, I'm going to call for a vibe check and I will, uh, I'll at least initially here step to the side. So Stoughton, <laughs> where is, uh, where are the vibes right now? The vibes are not good, Nick. <laughs> the vibes are not good. Um, you know, I mean, it depends on, depending on, on what you mean about vibes or by vibes, I suppose. Uh, the vibes, I, I can vibe myself into <laughs> some sort of denial about where this is all going. Um, other people, uh, more mature people uh, on the internet and elsewhere, I'm sure, uh, I don't think are really uh, up to that task at the moment, and I can't blame them for it. Um not a great series the Blue Jays just played. Yeah, I mean that's an understatement here. We're talking <laughs> about we're talking about being at home, having play and I know that, you know, playoff odds can be oversighted at times and I you know we're all guilty of it, yada yada yada. But fuck it. Playoff <laughs> odds of like 79% uh having it all in front of you playing a you know, a Texas Rangers team that is not as bad as they've looked in recent weeks, but is by no means unbeatable. And all you kind of have to do is not this. Like, even if they had won one of the games, I think that, I mean, obviously that wouldn't have been a good outcome, but from, uh, like, in terms of actually really hurting their playoff standing, they wouldn't have been in that bad a spot if they just won a single game. And not only did they not win a single game, they got absolutely butchered uh, in three of those four games. And the one game they did not get completely butchered in, it was a game where Max Scherzer hurt himself, and he was absolutely cruising at the time too. So in a world where he doesn't hurt himself, the Blue Jays probably get torn apart in that game as well. I think it's a, it's 35-9 is the runs in the series. It is, I don't know. I mean, we we often try and be level-headed often this podcast ends up discussing the discourse a lot like sometimes i feel like we even kind of over cover the discourse as opposed to what's actually happening well i do have petty gripes that uh that that stick in my brain about that so that's probably my fault but yes perhaps you're right yeah but, <laughs> but it just feels like the time for being reasonable is sort of over. Like, yes, like you're right. Like, if you really want to denial your way, talk your way in, bargain, whatever you want to call it, if you want to convince yourself that this team is in the thick of it still, that this team can make the playoffs, that anything can happen in the playoffs. Like there's a million little dominoes you can line up in a row. And at the end of that row says this team could conceivably still make a, a playoff run or win the World Series. And it's just like how many things would have to go right for that to happen at this point. And I know that in terms of literally making the playoffs, it's not like they've fallen way, way, way behind. There are games remaining Many of those games are against beatable teams like the Red Sox and the Yankees. It just, I don't, I don't know how you can kind of see what you just saw when, you know, when the chips were down, all the cliches, throw them all in a bucket and think, you know what? I see these guys bouncing back. Like it's technically <laughs> true. Like it's technically true, right? Very it's much. technically true. It's all there. It's all in play. And we've been saying that all year long. We keep saying, listen, as grim as it seems, it's all in play for this team. And that is still technically true. 
but I don't know if, if this makes sense to you. It doesn't, it doesn't feel cosmically true to the point where like you kind of, and it, it's interesting because in this game, when Vladdy hit that first inning home run, it kind of felt like, uh, oh, okay, maybe a lot of this stuff was overblown. Like maybe this is them showing some resilience. Maybe this is them finding a way to salvage something here. And obviously we all know what happened after that. But at a certain point, like there's only so much that you can ignore in the face of like, let's be reasonable and understand all the outcomes that could conceivably happen. And we've done a lot of that on this podcast, but people in general have done a lot of that. And most of the time it's been fair. It just, it's seeming like a weirder and weirder hill to die on, I think. <laughs> it's not a good moment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could, we could do this in a couple of days and maybe it would feel different. Um, but I wouldn't bet on it. Uh, and yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, we do talk about the discourse a lot. Like I said, petty gripes that I have in my head, uh, but, uh, and, and to be fair to myself, yeah, the people who are calling the season over, and I'm not calling the season over right now, but the people who are calling the season over in June or whatever, don't feel they've been validated by the, the way that it's gone necessarily, but it feels a lot easier to uh, to sort of meander over to that space uh, after a series like this, even knowing as you acknowledge and as you know, like they do, like it's not over. It's stupid, and and everybody knows that. Like it's uh, we don't have to like people. If people honestly thought that's it, they wouldn't watch. And then they do line up and say that's it the next day when they lose embarrassingly, which is sort of how this week is gone. Um, but yeah, I mean, that doesn't feel like a team that deserves to be in the playoffs or deserves to, 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 to deserves the benefit of the doubt from us anymore. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, we all reach that point at different times. Many people have reached it well before this. Um, but yeah, for whatever reason, for whatever, you know, the, for all the talent that they have, for all the reasons that they should be good, they are not. Um, and I don't usually put a lot of stock into things like, you know, the, the record against above or below 500 teams. You know, I remember Barrios came, oh, you can only beat guys in the, you can only beat AL, AL Central teams. And, you know, that kind of stuff is a little way, or a little fuzzier in baseball, I think, than uh, in other sports where you can, you know, where your athleticism and uh, can, can dominate competition in different ways. And also uh, there's a, like, there's a big difference between a bad team when they've got a good starter going and a good team absolutely. when they're injured and they're resting guys and they're doing a bowl. Like there's just so many iterations of what any given team can be that really, and you know, and I've mentioned this and the ALE stuff, you know, it is significant at a certain point, but those records are, I think only valuable at the extremes, but the Blue Jays have kind of reached the, the extremes. Kind of at the extreme yeah, at this yeah. point. Yeah, it keeps happening. <laughs> it keeps happening. I did, wouldn't have. I would not have said this when they're losing to the Orioles in May, but it, it does seem to have a way of happening. And that's you know, it's sort of a sport where you know if they played three hundred games in a season, maybe we'd see something different. But but they don't, and <laughs> we haven't, and. They make you feel not like there's a chance that they're going to somehow start clicking finally after the months and months we've all been like, well, they should really probably start clicking at some point. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think people want to watch ten more games of this team, let alone uh, let alone three hundred games. I, you know, <laughs> like I, I've literally yeah. had people express to me that they genuinely don't want this team to make the playoffs, and it's not like a total like shithead. I hate these guys. Thing. No, but it's just like they don't even want the opportunity to be sucked in because it's like they're just so confident it's not going to work, and maybe that's wrong. And it is funny you mentioned like people who talked about this team is done in May and in June. Like, even if that ends up being true, that doesn't mean that it was a logical thing to say then. Like, it's funny because yeah. I, I've, I've had some people tweet me, be, be like, oh. We were uh, right, is yeah, I think like, what we you're were trying right. to say. Were, like, there's a, lot, <laughs> there's a lot of that out there. And I'm just like, yeah, circumstances change, I guess. I think we can agree that none of us can tell the future, but it makes more sense to... I don't know, say what seems reasonable based on the information at hand. Uh, and sometimes the information at hand leads you astray. And again, the information... You suck is what it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. The I mean, the way I'm feeling right now, for example, <laughs> is that I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. And I don't... Like, I think that those people, in a sense, were right because the end result seems like it's going to be what they thought it was going to be. But I don't kind of like regret, I guess, sort of believing in this team at times because there was reason to believe in it. I think that people get stuck in this hole where they thought, where they think, oh, we were sold this crock of shit that the front office like brought <laughs> yeah. in these absolute bums and everyone told us they were going to be good. And like, you know, sometimes that ends up with the kind of ugly Sportsnet Rogers narrative where people are accusing the team of getting too friendly coverage. And it's like, oh, Everyone was trying to promote this bullshit garbage ass team and it was always doomed to fail. <laughs> and like, that's not what's happened here. Like a, a lot of what the front office did and, you know, people are calling for Atkins to be fired. And I'm not saying that he should like keep his job under any circumstances whatsoever, but like, it's not that they put together some garbage team. Like that's, it's just not what happened. Like they found some good pitching, you know, the guys they brought in with the exception of Varsho and Varsho is an exception with a bullet because his season has really not gone the way you would have wanted to go. But the guys they brought in, you know, the Swansons, the Kiermeyers, the Belts, like it all worked really well. Like <laughs> most of it worked really well. Like the, what happened is that the guys that they thought were going to be really good, who they had, who had been really good in the past, you know, I, I don't know. Like I, why would you expect Vladdy would suddenly be you know worse than he was coming off a year where even the 2022 Vladi was you know like a pretty damn good middle of the order type of hitter like it that's the thing that I have trouble with is the this is always what was fated to happen like I'm totally on board with the like this team has fucked it up and they're not going to make the playoffs I'm if that's where you are I'm with you I'm on the bus with you but the idea that like this team has always sucked, this team was put together in a terrible way, and from the beginning they were on you know a dumb quest that was never going to work. You know, did you think who here you know is listening is at the beginning of the year thought there's not a chance the Blue Jays will be as good as the Orioles this year? Like that's not an opinion that people had at the beginning of 2023. It just isn't like it. Things have happened in a way that's really unfortunate for this team, but I don't think that necessarily means that everyone involved with this team is incompetent and it was doomed to fail from day one. Like that's that part of it. Like again, I'm on board with a lot of the unreasonable list that's going to be going on now. I'm with you. I'm with you. If you're if you're thinking negative <laughs> thoughts about the Blue Jays, I'm a hundred percent with you. But I 
I that is where I struggle because people want to take victory laps because like you said in May they said oh the season's over these guys are bums and like I just don't think that was ever really true. I'm completely with you. I mean, might have to wear it a little bit just because those people have been right. But yeah, I don't want to ever, you know, it's 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 not good to encourage people to jump off the bandwagon as early as possible so that they can get a victory lap. So I I think it's good to, you know, to be out here being like, nah, you know, your victory lap's tainted. Uh, you were just kind of being a dickhead. Um, yeah, it's 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 going to be a very interesting few weeks i think you know uh where this goes from here they're they're not fully out of it as much as it feels like it and as and you know as much as i could never tell anybody that the that they haven't seen what they have seen uh but there's still you know the the mariners play the astros and the Rangers. it just feels absurd to even be talking about you know the nuances of the schedule and how they might you know be able to back their way into the playoffs like i don't think anybody has any confidence that even if they did that they would go on a run they just the, the team just hasn't shown that and that's you know in a lot of ways not a thing that you know baseball teams are competent or are capable of showing and yet uh i don't know seen it seen it all year and uh I have a friend of mine who goes uh, who goes to a ton of games a season ticket holder. Uh, we uh, a really good friend of mine. Uh, we we don't just chat uh, idly, but uh, sent me a message today, and he says the thing about the Jays the Jays for me is that it's no event baseball. While you sit there ruining expecting entertainment as you spend money on Bud Light to save money, while they blast two second pump up clips between pitches, it's like bad stand up comedy. And you know what the the. Probably similar frustrations and and just not good vibes throughout Blue Jays land all year, uh, and maybe a similar way to bad stand up comedy. Um, yeah, well, it, it's been bad. Think about the way the offense has been composed, not in terms of the players involved and what you might expect, but in terms of what it's literally been. And what it's been is this team walks a lot. They hit a lot of singles, but not when you want them to. And they don't hit home runs. How fun does that sound? Like it doesn't sound great. They can occasionally steal a base, but not even anymore because their guys are like old and a little bit worn down who actually steal the bases. And you know, Merrifield isn't on base anymore. And whatever is, is Bo that old and worn down? <laughs> I mean, look at his stolen base totals. They keep coming down every year. He's pretty. <laughs> no, he's busted. No, uh, you know they really should have signed Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon that one. Yeah. Uh, opportunity they had there yeah would have been good no no it's just like and that, you know i wrote extensively today on this sort of fun and it's not like we haven't discussed this before but this sort of fun factor surrounding this team and how you know the team let's say i don't know how many wins they finish with like the the team will finish with let's say like seven percent fewer wins than you would have wanted potentially eight percent and in the context of baseball and where they are in the win curve and stuff like that's huge that's meaningful it's the difference between people keeping their jobs and losing their jobs in some cases teams making the playoffs winning the world series not i'm not trying to minimize that but the difference between them as an entertainment product as a conduit for enjoyment has dropped like 73 percent. i don't know i'm just pulling a number out of note but like <laughs> yeah. it, like as much as the season is a disappointment from a literal result standpoint it is so much more disappointing in the experience of following this team the experience of following this team has not been fun for people who have a stake in the seat like it is not a good product and it part of it like i said is like the composition of the offense the fact that Pitching and defense is great, and you can appreciate it as someone who loves baseball, but at the end of the day, 
you know, getting things to not happen is just never going to be as exciting as doing things. Like that's just the reality. Exactly. Like a lot of the times, you know, what great pitching is, is forcing a guy to pop something up that people would catch 97% of the time or the action of not walking somebody or, you know, run prevention can be a person not making an error. It's like, wow, it's, it's crazy that David Schneider uh, made that routine play that didn't blow up the entire inning. Like, that's amazing. What an outcome. <laughs> um, and so, like, that, it's just, it just, it literally is. And then, so that's, that's even just between the lines. And then outside the lines, you know, the loss of Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Teoscar Hernandez and the home run jacket. And it just... People want the, belo to, the beloved home run jacket. The beloved yeah. home run jacket. Well, again, depends on who you talk to. But people want to feel like I don't know. I don't. When people are watching sports, in a lot of cases, they want to have sort of a vicarious feeling of like they're feeling what the team's feeling, and when they feel like the team is having fun, it increases the amount of fun they're having. I don't know if that sounds overly simplistic, but I think that's the reality of it. And so when you at the very beginning of the season, sort of put your foot down and say, we're serious now. Like, we are not about some of the things that you guys used to like about us, but we're cutting a deal with you. Some of this stuff is going to go away, but we're pretty sure it's going to lead to some better results on the field. And, you know, I think that was probably bullshit all along. And, you know, the Teoscar and the Lourdes stuff, a lot of that's about defense too. I'm not saying that just booted them out of town because they were fun dudes. But they clearly, in terms of some of the people they brought in, uh, Brandon Belt accepted because he's a great guy. Uh, he's MVP. actually MVP. MVP. He's a, <laughs> you know, a vibes MVP of one of the worst vibes teams in the league. Um, but when you make that contract with your fan base, you say, listen, we're going to take this away and here's what you're going to get. You're going to get a team that is a serious contender that's going to win in the playoffs and then the team is just worse than it was before, like that is really tough for people to stomach. It's like, oh, we used to have this good flawed team that was a lot of fun. And now we have a, you know, maybe less good, at least as flawed team that uh, just has none of that kind of enjoyment bubbling around it. Like that is, I think, as much a part of it as the whole, you know, as the expectations around the team, you know, what they're going to do in the playoffs and stuff. It's just people feel a little bit cheated with what they've got with the 2023 Blue Jays. And it, it goes beyond what's happened in terms of wins and losses. It goes to the entertainment product and the product sucks. Uh, absolutely, it sucks. I might simplify it even more. And, I, you know, I was tweeting today, as I, as I am wont to do, uh, with Josh, uh, Joshua Housem, who's a wonderful follow on Twitter, <laughs> and joking about, like, we were like pining for the days where the, the Jays had an elite offense and a tire fire bullpen. But when you actually, like, sort of think about how uh, the vibes of a game or just how the game is portioned out, it's like, you know, it's just less entertaining and less fun to be like, oh, they're down two runs. Now we're in a nightmare for <laughs> the next seven innings, as opposed to being like, oh, they can come back, whatever. Ah, the bullpen blew it at the end, but whatever. It was okay for a while. You know, like just the, just the, your happiness level during the one game versus the other is completely different. And, you know, one team, you know, the, the team with pitching and defense may be, you know, set up better to, to win major league baseball games and perhaps entirely to win in the playoffs. But that feeling of like, of dread about how are they going to overcome this two or three run deficit has been like 
present in so many innings this season, as opposed to, you know, like the 2021 team where, you know, they they had pitching issues, but it never felt like the games were as, <laughs> as like finished in the fourth inning, you know? And I think that that you know, absolutely contributes to it. And because, you know, we're just, and I, this is why I, as much as I like to poke at straw men and, and get, you know, the, the fans are doing it wrong. You know, people are out here giving this team. I mean, it's not, I was going to say three hours. It's not, it's like two or two and a half hours now, but still giving people, giving this team two hours of their nights every night and then their attention. Otherwise, you know, reading about them, following all this stuff and, you know, for it to be, uh Oh, they're down two in the, in the third here we go. It's going to just be a nightmare to see them try to catch some runs in. It's just, it's not fun as we can all attest. Yeah. I mean, even watching the game tonight on Thursday, when they were in that four, two spot, my feeling was if they give up another run, it's done. Like that, yeah. that was my mindset. It was like, Oh, <laughs> well, and, that's why you bring in Trevor Richards. Yeah. And, and he's, he's, a, he's an absolute <laughs> shutdown guy down the stretch. And he's, Oh man. I mean, again, we don't need to like the It's so much bigger than how shitty that game was. Like, 100%. Even, uh, we'll have time to litigate John Schneider's worthiness of this job uh, I, over, over the long cold winter. I've got, I got a feeling it could come up. It um, might. So like even to put some numbers to what you're saying, right? Like, in, I'm looking at 2022, and 2022, you know, it had its disappointments, but they had 41 comeback wins and 31 blown leads. 2023, and we're not at the end of the season yet, so maybe this will wildly I change. I doubt they're getting to 41. Well, they're, you know, they're, they're 34 <laughs> comeback wins, which is more than I would have guessed. But, yeah, absolutely. But probably some of those comebacks are, you know, a single run. It, you know, you'd have to drill down on it. Because every, every game was like 4-3, yeah. yeah. And, but then they have 32 blown leads. So it's like you're not – you are blowing more leads than ever. Than ever. But, but you know what I mean? Like you haven't taken a step forward in that kind of component of fan dread. And you've heaped another one on where, as you say, like people feel like the game is over when they're down two, three runs in the fifth or the sixth. And, yeah, that that is definitely, you know, a less fun to, way to go about it. It is – I don't know. I mean, it's funny because people could easily have this heavy layer of cognitive dissonance where, like, let's say for whatever reason, they go 12 and 4 down the stretch and then they'd make the playoffs and do something. Again, this is a possibility we've brought up before, and I'm more dismissive of it today than <laughs> I've ever each been. Each week it gets weirder and less likely, but yeah. But, but in that scenario, which I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely at this point believe will not happen. In that scenario, people might be able to have cognitive dissonance and be like, oh, yeah, the 2023 Blue Jays, like, they could really pitch. It was, uh, you know, they, uh, you know, Kevin Kiermaier, Dalton Varsho catch and everything. And, you know, well, 2015, everybody forgets the first four months of that season, which were a drag. For sure. And, you know, 2016, where the team suddenly, you know, the offense declined and the pitching improve like that was a product that people are probably more fond of in retrospect than they were at the time because there's a lot of disappointment associated <laughs> with yes there was with the way that some of these guys had <laughs> fallen off and so it, it is weird that you know this moment in history 
this very kind of, you know, probably not that significant in the grand scheme of like the Blue Jays franchise, there is the possibility that it just totally gets forgotten. But I don't think it will. I think I think that the 2023 Blue Jays will go down as a team that people are really upset about, which is, you know, to be fair, I saw some tweets today where someone was like, is this the most disappointing Blue Jays team ever? And I was like, no, absolutely not. I mean, you can look back at 2013. Like imagine, you know, all of the the hope in, that that team would break this huge playoffs playoff drought and the fact that they don't didn't have, even, don't have to imagine it yeah. lived through that yeah, yeah and the, the yeah it was just <laughs> it, it was just funny to me because it's like literally t- change one digit in this and uh, I can think of it and I, I'm not even going back deep into some of the blue. Well, I'm old business. enough to remember 1987 a little bit. Well, it's funny, Buck was talking about that at the end of the broadcast. It's like at the end of these games when they don't have anything to say about the game anymore because, or even the situation, right? Like they've kind of touched on everything. The Blue Jays sucked. They sucked all week. This is a bad spot. You know what I mean? There's only so much content. You know, we're we're at about 25 minutes here. Who knows? But they have, <laughs> they have a lot more to do than we do. So there's so much time. And so at the end, he just started kind of rattling off other dark moments in his history. <laughs> and it's like that, that kind of shows you where you're at when the broadcast is like, you know what? It's, we've really hammered how bad this is. Let's, let's talk about some other times that were bad. And I don't know if that was designed to make people feel better uh, or if it was just like a kind of a last resort. But either way, I thought it was funny. <laughs> were any of them uplifting? I assure you, I had the TV off by that point. <laughs> like, are there uplifting moments like that? Like, for example, there's this plucky team, the Texas Rangers, who lost like 15 or 20 games, like not that long ago, and they seem to have turned their season around. It's true. It can happen. It can. It can <laughs> literally happen. Um, I do want to talk about some other things besides just how shitty all of this is, because I don't want to be super repetitive. And you know what we're what we're pivoting to now is not exactly uplifting per se but <laughs> i think kind of the biggest news item since we last spoke was the latest i don't know it feels like every week we have a podcast there's just like a, a manoa bullet point in here because something changes just slightly and i think this time something changed a little bit more significantly because the first we got the news that manoa would be shut down for the season sort of confirmed that was from friend of the show ben nicholson smith and i don't think anyone was surprised it's like okay yeah, sure. We didn't really think he was necessarily going to pitch at this point. And then we got a Ben Wagner appearance. And Ben Wagner is not like a provocateur. He's not someone no. who's like yeah. out there trying to make waves. And in fact, there was some, I think, very stupid discussion about him kind of getting sent out there to deliver a message. And I don't, I just <sighs> don't think that that's at all what he's about anyway whatever i don't we don't need to litigate ben wagner ben wagner read manufacturing consent it's not how that works in my experience ben wagner is a great dude and i don't think that he's doing anything nefarious no good lord but basically he came out and said listen the delay you know the delayed report to buffalo was you know the the two sides here manoa and the team had a difficult time agreeing on a course of action uh, and then he got sent to Buffalo and, and he basically hasn't, you know, he hasn't even done any side action. Like, it's not like, oh, we haven't been watching him pitching games or whatever, but he's working. He's kind of, I forget what he said down there, going through it, um, which was, uh, I don't know, I, quite the revelation sounds 
a little bit dramatic. It, I think it's something we all sort of suspected might be the case, but it felt unfair to just say, oh, he's sulking. He doesn't want to yeah. do it. Like, I, I don't, I think that people jumped down his throat on that. And again, you can ultimately be right, but not be going about things the right way. And I think that uh, it was fair to kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. And then there's a story about the, you know, he was doing a bunch of medical testing, which did make some sense in the, you know, if he if he had such an inexplicable season, it's not crazy to think like, oh, maybe they should kind of take a look at him physically, see what's going on. It seemed a bit odd, but there was no like, oh, he, this is all definitely bullshit. And uh, it seems like it, it kind of was. And we're in a bit of an <laughs> odd spot with Manoa now. Yeah, and I mean the the fact that he never went on the IL yet. They were talking about medical stuff is is suspicious, but that that sort of preys on the fact. And I mean, preys they probably are not smart enough to prey on anyway. But like, it it it, it is related to the fact that people you, know, you have to dig into the CBA to even know. Like, I mean, do, do not like non work or work related injuries obviously get to be public and get to go out, you know, and and have to sort of be disseminated in a way. And there's there's rules and boundaries that they can't cross. But what is the, the the process for you know if if like you know if somebody has a real medi- a medical issue that is non work related what is that we we ran into that with COVID you know and there was all sorts of a tricky sort of navigation of that uh, and I and I think I wrote this this week like it, it was kind of an effective strategy because you know yeah you do want to pull back and I think you're right you don't want to. You know, we people could have been very much more cynical and demanding of answers about it. But you know, the 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 fact that people, the fact that the team was saying and that Manoa wasn't saying anything that these, you know, with medical testing, you know, we're looking at these things. People remember Ricky Romero, and there's all sorts of there's all sorts of stuff, sort of stuff that, uh, around that that makes you think, okay, maybe this is something that you know he'll say it when he wants to say it, or when he, you know, it, it's not really our business because none of this shit really fucking matters anyway. Uh, so that's fine. You know, I don't think that it would have made sense to go banging down doors, trying to figure out what's really going on, but the, the injured list thing and the fact that he wasn't on it definitely sticks out the fact, and I wrote this this week as well. The fact that Ross Atkins mentioned when he had that scrum sort of impromptu one after the trade deadline that addressed the Manoa stuff a bunch, he, uh, he mentioned that the league had been involved, which, which. I got it wrong, but I did. But I did clock them. Like, okay, this means that there's sort of a grievance process probably going on, uh, which definitely feels like that's what you know. Based on what Ben Wagner was saying, that that you know that's what it is. He didn't want to get sent down. Uh, my instinct was to look at the Super Two status and to look at the money thing because we know that he's had also issues in the past. You know, he didn't want to. He didn't want to take their 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 mere small. Uh, uh, increase over the league minimum felt that he deserved more and sort of fought that with Bo Bichette as well. Uh, and, uh, th- you know, that this is something that he's attuned to. Uh, I'm not saying we don't know that it's the money thing necessarily, but it definitely does feel like the, he didn't report and didn't want to get demoted. And this is what's going on uh, is where we're at, which is a, uh, which is a shame. And, and his right, if he thinks he's been screwed with in terms of, you know, his, his labor, but also, Come on, man. It's not. I mean, like, it's, it's absolutely not. It's just, yeah. it's just not. And like, it, it, it's you. You can put yourself in someone's shoes, and you can see, 
you know, the Blue Jays fucked with Vladdy like they did. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. it's, it's, I don't think it's outrageous to say that. They pretended that oh, he learned deep. They, they got out of it because he, because he got injured right at the start of that season. And then they kind of got a, away with not having to answer that question. Yeah, but, but that was the, that was the idea. They could have called him up the year earlier as well. Generational bat. Yeah, you know. messianic, I think, is the, <laughs> that's the word. Um, <laughs> You've seen the fan grass page. Yeah, yeah. so... You know, I understand from a player's perspective, they have every reason to be skeptical that the team is doing everything it can to save some money. Because teams do do what they can to save some money and they think about service time and they manipulate service time and some are more or less subtle about it than others. But the reality is that he sucked. Like, he was yeah. bad. And not only was he bad, like, Ryu was good. Like, it, it wasn't like they were putting in Casey Lawrence. Like, they had this good option appear out of nowhere in the middle of a very tight race. Like, there is no doubt in my mind that the Toronto Blue Jays would have absolutely loved for Alc Manoa to have a fantastic 2023 season. If, they, if he had done that, they might be in a very different spot today. But the idea that he might, and again, like we're hypothesizing on what his issue might be. And so I don't want to go too, too far down that road. But the idea that there was any service time manipulation here is is ludicrous. And, and maybe there's, they wanted to get kind of a phantom IL thing for him such that he could collect that service time. And maybe that was something they thought would have been a reasonable compromise in this situation. And you could argue that that would have been a reasonable compromise, but also you can argue like why should the team go out of its way to spend millions more dollars uh, to placate someone who's not performed? Like it, it would be a weird under the table deal to strike to be like, hey, I suck. You have a better option. Um, why don't you just put me in the IL for a while so that you can pay me a lot more later? Like it, it's just... I don't know why a team would say yes to that unless they were truly terrified of the player and the player leaving or whatever, but they've got Manoa for many more years. This is not like an NBA situation where you have one central superstar who's signing two years contracts and keeping you totally in their pocket the entire time and threatening to leave. There's just no leverage for Manoa longer term. And so it's just... I don't know. Like again, he hasn't spoken on what happened. We don't know all of the details, but as long as we don't know the details, like he is going to look yeah, he's gonna look petulant in this. He's gonna look like someone who couldn't accept the reality of the situation. And that's unfortunate for someone who's built up like a ton of goodwill with the franchise, someone who's likely to hopefully for the Blue Jays' sake find something in the years to come and be a big part of this team. It is uh it is a very peculiar situation and, and and maybe he'll do something to clear it up, but you know, it, it hurt the blue Jays cause they didn't have a sixth starter option. And you, we were seeing Trevor Richards down the stretch here. I don't know if someone had got injured and Richards had been kind of forced into that four inning duty, how well that would have gone. Uh, probably not great. Like, so he, and then there was a time that he was holding a, a spot in Buffalo and that was kind of messing with that team. Like it, not that people really have to care about the you know the competitive prospects of the buffalo bisons but it just you know it just comes off as someone who's not particularly concerned about what he can do for his team and, and you know as you know people who are workers like generally speaking you are more concerned with your own, the value of your own labor than what you can do for your own employer 
But, you know, there is a team element to sports that makes it just a little bit different than that. Yeah, and a collective bargaining agreement. You got a strong union, buddy. Like, and uh, I don't think you got much of a leg like to stand on if that's if this is if that's what this is, which it absolutely you know really seems like. Um, I tend to wonder, you know, because the Super Two thing, you know, would like would have been an issue with the first emotion, and because Ryu wasn't it wasn't there at the first emotion, maybe that's what's really uh, uh, more upsetting to him than the second one, or you know that that maybe this was going on for a longer time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I would love to see him clear it up. I would love to see this, there'd be a, a, a neat little bow to put on this and things can go back to normal between everybody, you know, the team and the fans and him, uh, people really like him and, and understandably so, you know, you see him buying computers for kids and he's, he's just an affable, you know, uh, you know, young, fun guy. You want to cheer for him. Uh, and this is, this is really going to hurt him and, you know, and, and his relationship with the fans as well as the team. Um, and hopefully that matters because he comes back and pitches well and can figure that out. But yeah, it, it's, it's a weird situation. And, you know, and when I wrote about it, when just, just, you know, transcribing the, the, uh, the Blair and Barker thing, like Kevin Barker, who, you know, as everybody knows, you know, was a, a, a yo-yo guy to put it politely. He was not in the big leagues a ton, but like grinded a minor league career, uh, uh for a long, long time, and his his reactions were fucking priceless because he did. So many of these guys don't have the chance to have their camp negotiate a demotion or not, or or that it's it's just not even in the the worldview of somebody uh, like him, or you know, and and that this it speaks to I think a thing that does exist in baseball, which is that there are there are favored guys and not, and it, you know it starts with the bonus babies, you know the col- the guys that go to college and the draft and high school who get the big bonuses. That you know this is part of the Davis Schneider story, right? He's not a not a high pick, not a guy that anybody really gave a shit about, and had to you know hit his way all the way here to the big leagues. Uh, and that's just you know you hear over and over anytime you talk to people in the game or or just even follow it a little bit, you know that. There tend to be different rules for guys of different bonus uh, structures. Uh, and, you know, Manoa, in, in, in going along with Bo, no, completely don't disagree with them there. And then that's a, that's a, that's a poor system. Uh, the, the system is structured poorly for guys, pre-arm guys. And, you know, uh, if he's getting side, side hung votes and, is going to make the league minimum. That is absurd. And I understand, you know, the principled stance there, but you know, it's expecting to get treated differently. And I think this is still kind of going on, you know, like, is Matt Chapman going to play every goddamn day? Like, like some guys, you know, it, everybody should be treated equally, uh, whether you're Vladimir Guerrero Jr. or Ernie Clement, um, you would think, but that's not necessarily how that happens. Uh, and Manoa, I think, felt perhaps rightly that he was in the tier of players. And then, again, yeah, we're speculating. I'm obviously like, I don't know what the hell is really going on. But the way I think about it is perhaps that he, you know, understandably so because he's been validated by the industry because he's got the Cy Young votes because he's got the commercials. He's the, like, I'm of the Vlad tier where I don't have to hit sixth, even though I've been dog shit for two months. You know, I don't have to take a demotion. I'm your opening day starter. Um, some validity to thinking that way. Uh, and yet it was an untenable situation. It was, it was a situation that I think went on. A lot of people would say, I mean, I generally tend to not, um, you know, give a lot of rope to struggling players, but, 
Uh, people were calling for him to get demoted or something to be done about that for several starts before he actually went down. Like it was, it became untenable. Yeah, they gave him they gave him a chance to work it out at the major league level, and I think he thought like I am a big leaguer, I'll figure this out, and it's kind of like my right to do it at the big league level. And there are teams that will carry like struggling stars for a very long time based on previous achievements and all that stuff, but. You know, he had options and the Blue Jays offense was struggling and it was, and especially on that second time when they had Ryu, they just had appealing alternatives. And it's just, yeah, I think that the only thing that could change the complexion of this situation would be if there is some kind of significant like mental health sort of hurdle. And, but like, I don't know, I saw Schneider's comments about it. He said at the current time, he feels not ready to compete. We're working through him with every, we're working through every decision with him together as a group requesting respecting his request along the way that sounds like pr speak to me like i i think 100%. i that's my that's my 95% chance read on it i think there's a slight chance again cuz you know we're speculating here and i do want to be fair to the possibilities that are out there there is sure, a absolutely. there is a yeah. possibility that there's some kind of mental health struggle related to the difficulties associated with this season and when he was demoted the second time and maybe you know him having an issue there what i would say about that though is that if that's the case and you want the situation you want people to treat that with the with the empathy that it deserves you need to put that out there in those terms and in that way because and players and players, and players have, done, have done and i'm not saying that that's easy to do i understand that that's a difficult thing to do and as much as society is changing as much as the world of sports are changing like it is still a place where it's difficult to do something like that but you can't necessarily get me over my skis assuming it's going to be something like that and giving you all this empathy in advance like this is what happened with roberto osuna and I, again mm. i'm not saying that you know, <laughs> Alcman knows Roberto Osuna. I'm absolutely. I hope not. I'm, yeah, yeah I, this is not the position of the podcast. This has been a very <laughs> pro Alcmanoa <laughs> podcast. And again, sometimes the personal memories get into it. But like, I remember I was at this pitch talk event, and we were in the middle of that Manoa fog and haze in terms of what's going on with him, and sort of the the idea of this being a mental health issue had been floated. And I remember giving kind of a quasi-impassioned defense about like how serious anxiety can be and how people need to give him room and rope. And I'm and you know, it was to the point where like my parents actually reached out to me afterwards and were like concerned about me because they figured that like me talking about this was <laughs> right. an indication like this was something that was happening with me. And like, you know, again, the fact that Roberto Osuna made me look like an idiot once is far from tragic. But I'm just saying that like you, if this is what's going on, I have all the sympathy in the world for Manoa. I could absolutely understand that. Like, this has been a very difficult to predict. And, you know, his career, his livelihood has been altered in a radical way this season, the way he perceives himself, all that stuff. I could envision something like this arising, but I, I don't think that he needs to be given, like, the benefit of the doubt that that's what's happening until... There's more evidence for that because right now, as we speak today, it does seem like the most likely thing is, uh, you know, is a matter of kind of sulking, is a matter of being concerned about the Super 2 status and all that jazz. And like part of it too, 
is if you go down to Buffalo and you take your demotion, it's an opportunity to work. Like it's an opportunity to get back on your feet, an opportunity to help figure it out, which you'd think that he would be motivated to do. Like nothing has been working all year. Why not have a couple weeks in AAA and like try some shit and try and enter 2024 feeling better about yourself? Like this, you know, I mean, saying something's like an opportunity, like going to work is an opportunity that like sounds like very boomer, but it, but, it, <laughs> but it's true. Like if the, the chance to, to pitch professionally, even not at the major leagues, could have had some value for Manoa. And it seems like it's been frittered away for what, again, you know, a lot of seams, a lot of speculation, a lot of probably, but it appears that it's been frittered away for kind of silly reasons here. It it, it does. And it, I mean, and the the unfortunate thing or so every grotesque thing is, you know, like you say, you know, the, the mental health thing, which, you know, everybody could obviously see the way that his body language was, the way he was affected by his struggles early in the season. Uh, easy connection to make. And it's kind of fucked up that, you know, that has been allowed to be part of the mystery here, right? Like, that's, like, fuck off. Like, that shit's serious. Like, don't, don't let people, don't let people think that. Like, he doesn't have to say what's, you know, what's what. Maybe, you know, if it, he doesn't have to come out and nobody needs to know what's going on with anybody in their personal life like that. These are athletes, so we just, we enjoy watching them on the field and that kind of should end it there. It doesn't, I know, but... uh it's a little weird. It's a little weird that, that you know, uh, as part of the strategy, I don't know who concocted it. I don't know if it was, mute, you know, the, Atkins has said, it, you know, everything has been mutual. I don't know if that's true. Manoa's camp and Manoa haven't really spoken about what's going on. Uh, but the official story has been, you know, medical testing. And that has led to these kind of questions. And that has led to people being reluctant to really poke too hard there, which whatever, fine. But, but. You know, it is kind of it is kind of gross to be to let people think. Well, maybe that's what that maybe that's what it is. If if it's if, if it is or it isn't really like I mean, but the but if it's like a if he's holding out, like if it's like a contract holdout, uh, and you're allowing people to really genuinely be concerned about uh, what's going on with him, it's uh, there. You're in a tough place. Uh, I know a lot of people. You know, everybody's ready to you know take their pitchforks and torches down to to the Rogers Center at this point, but. Uh, I, I, it, it is not an easy thing to handle. This is not the Anthony Bass thing where there's some obvious like way that they have very, very poorly handled it. I think, uh, that's one that I kind of question is, you know, what the, you know, what the cover story was, I suppose, but also, you know, uh, you shouldn't even have to concoct a cover story. Manoa should have reported to Buffalo and like you say, should have got some work in, should have followed through on the super motivated, super gamer kind of uh, personality that he has, uh, or persona that he has cultivated uh, and got and got back on the mound and, and like done whatever he could to get ready for next year. And the fact that he hasn't been pitching is not only disappointing in the sense of, you know, this whole thing is a mess. It's, it's affecting the Jays or it would if they were a playoff team, which obviously we discussed earlier, they're garbage. It doesn't matter. But, uh, but like, that's an important piece of depth. Like your number six starter in September is very important because if something happens, you need a guy to be there. And he, you know, kind of flaked out on that allegedly or speculatively. Um, and that's a thing. And that's going to affect how his teammates are. And like you say, you know, his career has been changed radically and i don't even know if we know how it has been changed yet we you know there's so much that's mysterious about this but again going back to like the way barker reacted it's like yeah 
what the what the hell like the reaction in the clubhouse i suspect if it is what what uh, ben wagner reported that it was and i have no reason to, to doubt that uh can't be good you know you're you know the, the kevin kiermeyer when he went and you know he made that impassioned speech oh that, man you know, pre- <laughs> talk about someone not aging well <laughs> <laughs> that preceded some doom there a little bit, but like you know, he said he he specifically you know this is what they've been working for all year, and to have someone just be like, nope, I'm mad about about a demotion, something that except for a handful of guys on that team have 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 all gone through, uh, can't sit well, and that's that's another element of how this is you know just a just a weird thing that I suspect we will be talking about. Uh, for more than the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and like as you mentioned, the the messaging around this is again, it just it's leaving room for speculation in a way that there hasn't yes. there does not need to be. And it doesn't like let's say the most generous interpretation. Like Alec Manoa has gone through some kind of mental health issue that makes him feel like performing uh, you know, to use Schneider's words, but whatever. Like getting on a mound right now is not productive for him totally possible like the way that you message that is to say like it's been a different it's been a difficult season for alec um he's gonna take a step away from from the game right now we don't really see i don't know the use in having him in triple a you could even be like he's a he's a big leaguer he doesn't have anything to learn from triple a ball like we're just resetting with him for next year um yada 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 like you can say lots lots of ways to message that if that's you can say that in a way that is not necessarily explicitly saying what's going on with him or being unfair with his privacy in any way or alternatively if it is him just being (laughs) or you could say he's been just he's been at the doctors for four weeks but if (laughs) yeah geez or if if it's a situation where like he's basically rejecting the demotion, you don't necessarily have to cover him for, him for one. Like, you could kind of be honest with that if you want to do that. If you want to try and have a PR battle, which you can win, which is not something the Blue Jays can always do. In this case, they could win that PR <laughs> battle. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. It just seems like they've messaged it in a very in a very murky way that leaves room for uncomfortable conversations that no one necessarily needs to have. And it's, uh, yeah, like you say, it is something that we will be monitoring closely in the weeks to come kind of as Manoa has been all year as sort of an undercurrent to this uh you know this shitty 2023 blue jays yeah honestly (laughs) i'm much happier talking about this horrible weird situation than (laughs) reminding myself of what's happened on the field in the last few days that's a reasonable stance we are going to leave it there thank you for listening to blue jays happy hour we will be with you again next week as always we appreciate any uh reviews and subscriptions and all the clicky buttons that work across various apps we don't really understand but it's all good for us and uh maybe when we speak next time it will be a less dire moment for the toronto blue jays i think almost by default it would have to be 